think of it now, I mean, that was an incredible race. I, when the gun went off and, and, and all the lads took off in front of me, I mean, I didn't know who anyone was. I remember catching up to who I thought would have been the slowest in the lead pack because I was afraid I'd get lost. And um, we ended up running nearly the entire race together. And I think it was only in the last in the last 5K, I just asked him what his name was. And he said, Ian Keith. And, and then he took off up the trail and, and, uh, and left me for dead. Hello and welcome to No Finish Line podcast featuring athlete interviews and discussion on running, training, travel and adventure. I'm your host John O'Regan and in this episode I'm joined by Irish international ultra trail runner Barry Hartnett. Barry started trail running back in 2014 and in his first race he did enough to achieve selection to the national team and since then he has represented Ireland on three occasions at the IAU Ultra Trail Running Championships. Amongst his many achievements, Barry has also won the 200km Kerryway Ultra, and today Barry will tell us about his journey from the roads around the Galtee Mountains to racing in the World Championships against some of the world's top ultra trail runners. This episode is sponsored by Great Outdoors, Ireland's premier outdoor retail store, located on South Great Georgia Street in Dublin City Centre. You will find Great Outdoors online at www.greatoutdoors.ie. Barry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Barry, I first spoke to you back in late 2014 or early 2015, I can't remember exactly. You were planning on doing some race, I can't remember which one, and I suggested that you try the Wicklow Ultra, as I thought that would be a race that would suit you. Let's take it from there. I have a, a background in triathlon, and um, I think when I contacted you, I had... Um, up to that point, done some long distance triathlons and Ironman distance um, races, and I think I was I was looking for the next challenge, and, and I believe I was looking towards doing um, an extreme um, triathlon, extreme long distance one like the Norseman, where the run part of that race would be a mountain run. So I think that's when I contacted you about just getting ideas for mountain running or mountain running races. I, I knew Imra had existed, but that was that was about it. I, I had no idea that um, we had an organisation or, or that anything was there. And yeah, on your recommendation, enters Wicklow Way and um, yeah, kind of the rest after that is, has been history. I think after that race, I think I immediately sold all my triathlon gear and, and, and forgot completely about it. And I don't think I've done a triathlon since. Prior to that race, the Wicklow Way Ultra, would you say you were competitive or did you just take part in these events? Well, when I was younger, I played rugby for years in, um, in Tipperary. It was, I think, maybe in my mid-twenties when I, I gave up rugby because everyone else seemed to be getting bigger around me and just said I'd chance, you know, going running just to keep fit. And, and then I fell into um, triathlon accidentally Um I had a go at some national series stuff and, and then you kind of naturally progress onto the bigger stuff because of the harder challenge. But I think, yes, I was competitive um, in the longer distance stuff. I found myself naturally being being better the longer the distance got. So I think that's when my interest spiked with some of the more extreme distances that were available and that's when I would have contacted you. So would it be right in saying that you became competitive because you were actually enjoying what you were doing and then when you moved up to the trail running you found that you were liking that that bit better because you seemed to be good at it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Wicklow Way race, when I think of it now, I mean, that was an incredible race. I, when the gun went off and, and, and all the lads took off in front of me, I mean, I didn't know who anyone was. I remember catching up to who I thought would have been the slowest in the lead pack because I was afraid I'd get lost. And um, we ended up running nearly the entire race together and I think it was only in the last 
in the last 5k I just asked him what his name was and he said Ian Keith and, and then he took off up the trail and, and, uh, and left me for dead um, so yeah I, I think after that you know when you're doing a, a three or three or four hour race and you're having such a good time I mean I, I think to, to date it was the most enjoyable race I had I, I think we left our whole way around the course and we were still in the you know the top 10 it was just a fantastic experience and I think that experience has that kind of small door that was open for me has, has kind of opened up this cathedral of adventure that that I, I find fascinating and still find fascinating even now it's funny you should mention being worried about getting lost because I can remember when I suggested that race to you, you said to me that, well, I've never been around Wicklow. I wouldn't know which way to go. And I think I actually remember saying to you, just follow the guy that's in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As it turned out to be the best ultra runner in the country at the time. But um, I think I learned more in, um, in, in that race than, than I had in, in, the, in the previous five years of triathlon. Since then, you seem to have done quite a lot from what I can see. And you are always at the, the pointy end of the field. Actually, most of your races, you seem to have finished in fourth place. I'm looking back at 2016. Apart from the Trail World Championships, your worst finish was fourth. W- why do you think you're so good at it? Um, I, well, probably a lot of strength that I have to bring to it would have come from, from biking in, in triathlon. I'm probably looking back at it now, it, it probably stood to me and it's still something I incorporate even this day. I still do a bit of work on, on the turbo at home. Um, but I, I don't really know why um, I, seem, I seem to be good at going uphill um, pretty well. Maybe it's from kind of where I live. I, I, I live just at the bottom of the Galtee Mountains in the Glen of Aherlow, um, which is probably one of the best training areas in the country for hill running because it, it has it all. It has the buffed out trail, it has the technical stuff, it has the height if you're going up onto the uh, Galtees itself. So I think I'm very lucky in that I have an area to train where you can incorporate all the skills needed for, for hill running um, to be successful at it. And I think I'm I'm in a good environment as well where the Monster Mountain Running Association and, 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 and the Associated um, and Imra, I think, have have such uh, an open community that that can really you know, encourage you along. And since I've started running Imra races, every year I'm, I'm fascinated more by the level of organisation and the level of, of camaraderie that's at races. And I think it, it spurs me along to, to, to just compete, not necessarily at the pointy end, um, but just to be there is, is, more, is more to me than um, actually winning races. Yeah, IMRA is a fantastic organisation and for anybody who doesn't know what IMRA is, it's the Irish Mountain Running Association. You will find them at www.imra.ie. Very welcoming. The races are really, really cheap. It's it's one of these not-for-profit type events and all the money that goes into the races is given back out to the athletes and they actually support athletes going to world championships and it's definitely worth taking a look at. You see where the money goes. Do you have a favourite race? I think over the last couple of years, probably Kerry was certainly my most successful race to date and something that I would have never in a million years, if I look back at it, you know, if I was to think in 2014 when I've been talking to you that three years down the line I was going to win a, a race 200k in length I would have laughed at you so I think it, it probably holds the most value for me um, because of what sort of a day it was it was very attritional I, I spent most of the day on my own which in itself has its, has its own challenges especially in that in that length of a race. And you weren't worried about getting lost like you were in Wicklow? Well I did actually I, I got lost when I came out of Gorta I think 
Gorsavore or Gorthmore, a post van pulled in at the side of the road to let me go by and ended up obscuring the Kerryway South marker and I ended up nearly in Cahar Daniel. So I, I did get lost and I, to be honest with you, I thought at that stage by the time I got back on track, Brian Mullins would have been hot on my heels. So uh, it kind of made the rest of the day a little bit stressful, but you know, it kind of adds to it, you know, the, 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 the fight and the, and the, the level that you um, that you think you can't reach that you then can. Yeah, the Kerryway Ultra seems to be establishing itself now as one of the classics. I've heard nothing but praise for it, and I've been trying to talk to some of the competitors from, from this year, so hopefully I'll get them together now for a future podcast. Yeah, it's an amazing race and, and very well organised, and the way it, it kind of sets up, you're you're looking at um, you know eight stations every 20k, and, and it's... It's an easy race from a you know from an aid point of view. There's not a huge amount of of, of altitude um, gain in it, or but it is. It's a beautiful race, incredible race, beautiful part of the world. I'm going to go back and talk a bit about your training because you mentioned using a turbo trainer. Ian Keith also said the same thing. Would you do much training per week on the turbo? It would depend, I suppose, what I'm training for. It's uh, I think coming up to longer distance races, I, I tend to use it a little bit more because I, I seem to be kind of one of these runners where I I can't do the 100 miles um, whether it be because you know family commitment I just don't have wouldn't have the time to do it to get out and run 160 170 kind of kilometer weeks um, I think I only managed it twice on holidays a couple of years back but so I find that yeah you know getting up in in, in the morning getting up early um, and getting an hour on the turbo seems to uh, it's, it's it's very beneficial especially for quads especially for downhill and um, it gives you a uh, gives you good strength in quads yeah Okay, I was just about to ask you that because I was thinking to myself that the turbo trainer would train you for climbing uphill, but as you said, it's beneficial for the downhill. I I find it myself. Yeah, I I do. I I find that my legs hold up a, a little bit better if I've if I've added some turbo training to a block of of training. And besides the fact it's um it's hard to to get long downhill sections in Ireland where your quads can get beat up if you're going to the likes of the UTMB you're not going to find a, a 10k downhill where where you can train on you know for for hardening up your quads so the kind of turbo kind of is, is a great tool to use for that so when you're on the turbo rather than spinning it to work your cardiovascular system you're grinding the grinding yeah yeah big gears and, and and grinding yeah at intervals normally you know going from like three minute intervals or four minute intervals now you mentioned doing those sessions in the morning. Would you have a breakfast beforehand, or would you have it afterwards? No, generally I've changed dietary kind of approaches over the years, and and uh, I find it better myself uh, that if I uh, if I eat breakfast, I, I never feel as good when I'm training. So I like to just get up and get it done, and um, and and eat afterwards. And give us an idea of what you would have after a turbo session. Oh, generally it's it, it's always the same. It's it's um it's it's just some some high fat um. Some high fat uh, yogurt and and some granola, maybe some fruit, coffee, um, nothing, nothing uh, strange or exciting. Now you mentioned living at the foot of the Galtee Mountains, so I take it that most of your running is whether in or around the mountains. Give us a typical training session. I don't think I've ever had a particular session. Um, I I would I would normally um look at it about what I I hope to achieve in a week. Um, so if I was looking at getting in a you know 120k a week, I, I'd look at what I could do. And if it's approaching a bigger race, I'd look at maybe breaking it down during the day. I might do two runs. But normally a, a hard session would be a run around the, the woods in Arlow or in Bancha at, at pretty much threshold, you know, after a quick warm-up running at um, a threshold, short little climbs, maybe 20, 30 metre punchy climbs, not allowing for recovery on the downhills and and 
and um, and doing that maybe twice or three times during the week. You know that it seems to have served me well uh, over the last number of years, just to um to have that that speed that um, you don't hope to need in big ultra races. Now, seeing as you mentioned threshold, do you go by feel or are you using a heart rate monitor? I am n- now using heart rate a lot more. In the past, I would have gone by feel, um, but now I, I, I'm training a little bit smarter. I, I missed nearly all of 2018 through injury because I, I just simply did too much in the, in the previous two years. Um, I, 2016 and, and 2017 were just enormous years, and, and, um, and I, I think I only achieved two races in 2018 just because of just one major injury and but mostly because I've just burnt out from it so I think coming back now in 2019 I've been a lot smarter in the way I train I've, I've, I've uh, basically easy easy and hard hard now, do you think you might have done too much because you were doing so well that that feeling of actually being successful was actually driving you that bit more so the more success you were getting the more the more you wanted it do you think that might have happened Oh, absolutely. Because I, I don't think I've ever been that athlete in any other sport I would have done that, that would have had that level of, of, of success. I, I, it was, I suppose, looking back at it now, you, you, you look at it and you think, God, that was really silly. But I remember finishing Kerry and two weeks later doing the Glen of Aherlow Ultra and, and, and running that really hard and, and then, then going straight into a cross-country season. And yeah, come the end of 2017, I remember doing the Monster, or maybe it was the county cross country, and you know, just just been just hardly able to get out of the car. I was so tired, but you know, you just you're on that wave, and you you never wanted to stop, but it it eventually stops you. So the Glen of Aherlow, so soon after Kerry might have done that. I think myself that when you do get to a certain level, that there are expectations, expectations that we put on ourselves as well, because when you go to a race, people are expecting you to do what you've done, and then you kind of feel a bit disappointed or that you have failed if you're not achieving that. So there's these little distractions that stop you from doing what you should be doing, which is the recovery. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I think, if I'm being honest, I think the performances I would have had in Irish vests have always driven me harder in on the domestic scene because the race, the World Championships in Annecy in 2015, um, I mean, I had a nightmare of a race. My, my quads were destroyed after 50k and I had a really tough time um, 2016, and we spoke about it before the show. There was um, just myself and Danny, um, Dan Doherty, and yeah, we we both had really tough days because we'd put in big years, you know, even um, prior to it. And so I never had that performance I thought I was capable of on the, you know, on the international team. And and it's just, um, I guess, yeah, it kind of drove me to put in an awful lot more on the domestic scene at home, in in air most likely because it, uh, it. It obviously has a, you know, it's it's not a good place to be mentally. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. I've been there, and it can be hard actually getting out of it. What I generally try to do now is to uh, I call it recalibrate my expectations, and you try and forget where you were and just focus on where you were and try and move forward from that place. What is your next race? I'm not going to do anything this year. Uh, I finished um, the CCC a couple of weeks back, taking it easy now. 
the CCC is um, one of the races in the UTMB series. It's uh, the 100k. It goes from Cormier, um all the way around the Mont Blanc Massive back um, back to Chamonix. I think it's got maybe six and a half thousand meters worth of earth. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing race. Just a phenomenally beautiful race. Now, I didn't have the, the greatest time this year at it. I, I got a bit of heat stroke, but uh, struggled through and finished. But yeah, for the rest of the year, I'm going to take it easy. I, I focused this year on when I said if I do get back healthy again this year was going to be and years coming or i'm going to do what i what i want to do and what i what i feel like i'd like to do as opposed to what doing what i think i should do so i did a couple of the uk sky running races this year and i really enjoyed them got to meet up with guys that i would have been on the national teams before johnny steed and and the maxwell brothers i've really enjoyed this year it's it's been a, a year where everything i've gone to I've, I've i've really i've looked forward to and i've enjoyed it next year the big race i'm going to put my name in for the tour the john so that's the 330 kilometer race in the Osta valley in italy and hopefully if i get drawn out first uh but if not probably the monte rosa ultra trail and what distance is that the monte rosa is a uh, hundred miler um with 12,000 metres of earth or something like that. It's, it's, I think it's on the same week or the week after the UTMB, so it's um, huge. It's a monster for it. How would you train for that distance-wise, seeing as you are regularly a 120-kilometre man? I'll probably focus next year on just getting a lot more. Clay. If I get into the tour, it'll be just an awful lot of big days hiking. I'll probably spend a lot of time in, in I like to go up to Connemara, up to the Mam Turks and uh, and do just big days out up there um because it's not runnable terrain. You have to walk and, you know, carry a big pack and and, and just get, get that um get that time in your legs and, and uh, because an awful lot of the tour is, is is just hiking. You know, it's too long of a race to, to run. So Yeah, I've actually said it to a lot of people to get used to that time on your feet and hiking is actually quite a quite a good thing to do I remember when I was training for a race a good few years back in the Yukon that running into work was taking me maybe 90 minutes but walking into work was taking me three to four hours so I was walking in rather than running in just to get that bit of extra time let's talk about the kit you use is there anything in particular say that you would favor what would you see as being the most important piece of kit for a trail runner probably the most important thing is getting a pair of shoes that suit you i've tried a lot of shoes over the years at the moment i'm using the innovate terra ultra 260 their new kind of long distance ultra shoe i think they're fantastic they're so good i use them everyday training and i use them in the ccc just gone i really like that shoe it's just comfortable it's got a white toe box which suits me and and it, uh, it's durable really durable i think after that I, i'm not so much i tend to kind of stick with the same products like packs wise i think the salomon bags are pretty unbeatable and and after that it's just it's i think the best gear is gear you you don't know you have on you know something that's comfortable and and something that you don't notice you have you know so yeah i tend to kind of stick to to what i know to be good and i don't change an awful lot that's actually a very good point about the good gear being the gear you don't know you have on because i've always kind of thought of it that way that the best review is a silent review usually we complain about something when you know what's gone wrong yeah absolutely but if there's nothing to suggest the problem you just forget you have it it really remains anonymous so it's hard to actually recommend the good stuff what watch are you using Currently, I've got a Garmin Phoenix 5. Yeah, it, it seems to be a, a very stout watch, um, get loads of battery life out of it. Um, it uh, has got some good data on it. You know, it's, yeah, I really like it. I I like it as well because it's a little bit smaller. I, I think the, the likes of the Suunto watches are, tend to be really big and I'm not big on carrying a lot of gear when I train. So um, generally, if I can buy something that's relatively smaller, I will. Let's talk a bit about the Tour de Gons. You mentioned that that's on the same week as the UTMB. 
uh, the week after. Oh, the week after the UTMB. Will you go over and watch the UTMB starting before you start your race? Probably, yes. I think why I kind of want to do the tour in the first place is because there has been a there's just been a fantastic Irish history associated with it. I mean, I first heard about it in 2015 from Dan Darty, who had the previous year finished sixth in it. And Adrian Tucker, of course, had, had finished it as well, I think the year prior to that. And I remember meeting these guys and they're telling me, and so Anine, of course, in, in Keith, um, and telling me about, you know, this, this monster of a race and, and, and what it was like. And it just, it really inspired me. And then, of course, you, you look at it on YouTube and you see all the clips and it just looks absolutely stunning. And, and then over the last couple of years, Paul Tierney's been there a couple of times and has had some great results. So, yeah, it's just something that the appeal of it is, is massive because there's such a high chance that you're not going to finish it or if you are going to finish it it's 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 going to be uh it's going to be a real real grind and a real struggle and that's i think what drives me the most i think it's it's where i'm most comfortable in in those difficult situations now that's very interesting what you just said there part of the attraction is of going over and taking part in the race is that you you know there's a good chance that you're not going to finish it that this race will actually finish you when i was talking to Ian Keith recently I went through all the races that he had done and I told him that if I was to give him one race next year, what one would he pick? I was expecting him to say the UTMB and I was kind of prepared to follow on with a question from that. He mentioned the Barclay Martin. The Barclay Martin is the one that he did the worst at. He, he didn't finish it. And he knows that if he goes back, he's going to get the same result. But still, the fear of failure is less than the want to do it. So in order to do something like that, you have to be really, really mentally strong. What do you think gives you the mental strength to actually go and enter the race where you know there's a good chance you're not going to finish? I think it's something that you build up over time. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I, I've never had to DNF from a race. I've always, I've always finished. Um, probably the biggest test was was this year at the CCC where um, I just I felt terrible all day. I'm really ill and and. Um, I probably should have pulled out at 50k. I should have definitely pulled out at 80k. But um, I don't know uh, why I, I'm I'm compelled to, to finish races. I, I feel that I probably owe it to myself and, and I owe it to my wife who gives up so much of her time to facilitate me training. And, and I, I don't know why there is great appeal in races where you might not finish. Probably because everything else in our lives is so controlled and probably so easy. And I think the the, the attraction of the unknown is probably what drives us into these races and to see where our limits are. And would you think that the confidence that you've gained over the years, especially from having to come back from having an injury, is giving you that mental strength to be able to do things you know that will really challenge you? Yes, but I think coming back from injury, instead of adopting a kind of linear focus to races, I think I've adopted a more casual approach whereby I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because... I have the capacity to do it and I'm doing it because it's there and it's one of these sports where it'll never get old. It's a sport that will always have attraction because there are so, so many big races and beautiful races out there to do. I'm going to bring you back home again. If you were heading for a run on your own in the Galtee Mountains, tell me how you'd prepare for that. Would you be informing people of where you're going and what would you carry with you? Generally, I will always tell, if I'm, especially if I'm going up into the Galtees, I will generally tell my wife where I'm going, what I'm doing. Where I live, the easiest access to the Galtees is in Glencush. So I'll normally do what's called the Glencush Horseshoe, which is about... Uh, 
14 kilometers with about a thousand meters worth of vert and uh, she'll normally know the time I'm going and what time I'm approximately coming back so I'll bring a phone with me and um, some water that is generally it I, I, I do tend to train with, uh, with not an awful lot with me uh, it depends on the day of course as soon as you mentioned bringing a phone with you there's a new function I notice on on the Garmin watches that you can actually send an alert. Yeah, body beacon. Yeah, and that seems to be on Strava as well. But yeah, it's it's a great facility. Yeah, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Would you carry a, a small backpack with you, and what would you carry inside the backpack? Uh, yeah, if I'm going out for a longer day, I'll just take waterproof leggings, maybe just a light waterproof jacket, just as a small salmon bag, just a, maybe a small bit of food in it, phone. And uh, a buff, normally that would be about um, all I'd carry going up into the Galtys anyway. To be honest though, it's one of these mountain ranges where it's easy to get off. Um, if you get into trouble, um, it's a... Uh it's it's pretty close. It's it's harder nearly not to find a road coming off the Galtys than it is to get lost up there. So it's um it's 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 a good it's a good range to um to, to train on. Would you have any advice for someone that's contemplating moving from a marathon distance into ultra distance or somebody who's thinking about going from a, a road run to a trail run, whether that be a race with Imre or the Munster Milk Running Association, just one of the short ones? I think the best advice is just dive in and, and do it. You'll never know unless you unless you give it a go. I think if you're running regularly um, marathons, you'll probably have an awful lot of strength in your legs anyway. Um, so I think probably the transition isn't as hard. I think if you were coming from a biking background or a swimming background, I'd probably find it a little bit more difficult. But no, it, I mean, the advice I'd give to someone is get on the website and, and enter a race because they're, um, they're, they're so frequent and so available. Is there anything that maybe I should have asked you that didn't you think might be of interest? No. Okay, Barry, we leave it at that. So thanks very much for your time. And I might join you for the Glencourt Horseshoe some weekend. Absolutely, yeah. More than welcome. Thanks, Barry. And thanks for listening in. Once again, the website for IMRA is www.imra.oe and the Munster Mountain Running Association and Facebook as well. <laughs>